Good afternoon, Patriots. This is episode 100 of Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today, I'll give a campaign update. We'll talk about how other countries are following the science. We'll cover a little dust-up between Dr. Robert Malone and Alex Berenson. We'll talk about the FBI's latest raid on a Biden regime critic. And we'll finish up with a little analysis on what another Trump run at the presidency might mean. All next on Living with Liberty. I never thought my 100th episode would start off with me giving a campaign update for an office that I was running for. But here we are. It's amazing how the plans that I had laid for the show have changed so dramatically over the last three to four months. The campaign itself is going well, and for strategic reasons, I don't want to say too much about it at this point, but I will say this. The feedback I've received from voters thus far has been outstanding, and word on the street is things look very good for us as we head into the primary coming up on February 15th. Last week was the first of three pre-primary candidate forums I will be attending. Overall, that went very well. Our message was well-received, received a lot of good feedback from those in attendance, and it was a good first run at doing a candidate forum. Those years of answering questions from corporate executives is finally paying off. The one thing I've been sticking to is just staying my authentic self. One thing to remember, and I think this goes for anything in life, is that no matter what, there are going to be people you don't connect with, and that's okay. In this day and age, we look for so much uh, validation uh, of ourselves through things like social media and, and just putting content out there, and we, and we get lost and caught up too much in everybody doesn't like me, everybody doesn't connect with me. You know what? That's, that's perfectly okay. Not everybody is going to connect with, with us. You have to be okay with that, and you have to accept that and move on. And the reason why, uh, one of the reasons why I think anyway, uh, that you just stay with your, within yourself and, and you just realize you're not going to connect and click with everyone you meet is because people can see through the phony. Though that didn't stop the Biden-Harris regime from getting installed, but I digress on that anyway. People respect the straight shooter versus the panderer. I think most people, generally speaking, will have more respect for someone with whom they may not agree with on much, yet gives them a straight answer, versus someone who's obviously just pandering to whatever they think that person wants to hear. I'm just trying to be straight with people on where I stand and what I stand for, and let the chips fall where they may. All right, moving on. The United States, and it pains me to say this, is no longer a world leader in science. I know, you're out there saying to yourself, tell me something we don't already know, Captain Obvious. It used to be we would be fearlessly leading the charge out of whatever mess the world's politicians created. 
but that is no longer the case. First, we had the UK announcing their uh, the lifting of their COVID restrictions, or more more appropriately, appropriately, I guess, would be to say they are going to let them expire uh, versus just lifting them. But they're expiring nonetheless. They won't be extending them out. Ireland is following the UK's lead and is the next country to announce that they are ending most of their COVID restrictions, including the therapeutic injection passports. Now, this is huge. England, the UK, said no more passports. Now we have Ireland saying no more passports. Yet, here in the United States, we have cities that you still can't do anything without the therapeutic injection passport. What does that tell you about where our society, where our country stands right now? It's just gross. So we look at this, and and while we are still being propagandized, even though at this point, you look at the polls, the vast majority of Americans have, I think, finally woken up and see that this is nothing but a power play uh, by an incompetent government, an incompetent leader in Joe Biden, and incompetent bureaucrats like Anthony Fauci and Rochelle Walensky and whoever else is heading up these bureaucracies that make our life hell. So while we continue to be propagandized here, and we continue to be told to follow the pseudoscience of the patron saint of the Branch Covidians, St. Anthony Fauci, the UK and Ireland are walking the walk of follow the science by acknowledging that a virus is going to virus and that no amount of restrictions is going to prevent that. I said this way back when this all started, that this virus is going to do its thing. It's going to run its course. There's nothing you can do to prevent the spread, to prevent infection. It's a virus. There's been very few viruses that we've been able to inoculate people against that totally eradicated. And then even then, it hasn't totally eradicated them. Now, this all should have been acknowledged in week three of the two weeks to flatten the curve phase. But unelected bureaucrats, who never had so much power in their life, became intoxicated with it, and they continued to double and triple down on their recommendations for mitigation practices, which, oh, by the way, didn't work the first time, didn't work the second time or the third time around. People still got sick. So while the tyrants in some communities, states, and certainly our federal government continue to ignore actual data and science, other countries are starting to pick up the pieces post-pandemic and move on with life. We can only hope that eventually our unelected bureaucrats and elected officials do the same. Now, along those lines of mitigation practices uh, for the coronavirus, apparently Dr. Robert Malone, who is, I think we all know, is one of the inventors of the mRNA technology the vaccines are based on, holds a patent or two on it. And Alex Berenson, 
former writer for for a New York Times, and I've mentioned before that follow his Substack; it's it's full of great data and insight. Well, the two of them got into a little social media spat a couple weeks ago. Now, what I view this as is it was a classic case of not staying in one's own lane by Berenson. Now, like I said, I've mentioned that Berenson's Substack before. It's it's an outstanding source of data and insight into what other countries are finding as they study the effects of the therapeutic injection and its overall efficacy. That's what Berenson is is excellent at, digging into those details and and that data and bringing that to light. Since, you know, Lord knows our own government isn't doing that. They're hiding it at every turn they can. Now, that is what Berenson should have stuck to, reporting on the data and studies. Instead, he decided it would be a good idea to call Dr. Malone to the carpet and challenge his involvement, Dr. Malone's involvement, in terms of inventing the technology. Now, like I mentioned, Robert Malone's name does appear on the patent for the technology. A fact that an irate Malone pointed out in their social media war. The bigger issue is that once again, we have infighting on the same side of an issue. Now, if you listen to Dr. Malone and have seen some of his interviews uh, covering his insight into this therapeutic injection, you would know that in his own words that it almost killed him. The therapeutic injection almost killed Dr. Malone. And he has said that in no uncertain terms will he take the booster. Alex Berenson has been over the target and dropping absolute bombs on the vaccine narrative, so much so that he got the boot from the Dirty Bird, a.k.a. Twitter. Why Berenson felt he had to go and attack Dr. Malone is beyond me. Malone has been out there advocating on the dangers of this therapeutic injection himself, earning a ban of his own from the Twitter cesspool. The honest truth is they could be working together to expose the dangers of the largest clinical trial in human history, but instead they decide, mainly Berenson, but it's decided here that a pissing match between the two is more productive. Now, the tide is turning in the COVID battle as it is plainly obvious that the therapeutic injections while they may have some impact on protecting the most vulnerable from the worst symptoms and effects of COVID, they have really been more, little more than treatments sold by a snake oil salesman when it comes to actual disease and transmission prevention. Malone and Berenson have the opportunity here to utilize their perspectives, their platforms, their insights and intimate knowledge of the technology itself of the data and uh, that other countries are seeing to continue to tell the truth and to totally then eradicate the COVID narrative. They should recognize this and return to punching outward instead of inward here. All right, we're, next story. So, uh, Democrats, are you awake yet? Do you still think? that those of us who have been warning about Biden's brown shirts coming for you 
eventually was just tinfoil hat material. Do you still think that? Do you still think we're conspiracy theorists here when we said eventually it comes for you? Henry Queller, Democrat representative from Texas, was paid a little visit by the FBI last week. Now, some of you may know, Queller's district is a border district. And he has been very critical and very vocal of the mess that the Biden regime has made out of our southern border. Quiller's home and campaign offices were raided by an out-of-control FBI, and photos were taken by the local reporters there of the FBI removing bags, bins, and a computer from that raid. What is really the purpose of this raid, however? I I find it hard to believe that Henry Queller is, is keeping anything in his campaign office, home, or computer that is a threat to national security. find that really hard to believe. Well, I think there's probably a couple purposes here. The first purpose is to intimidate people into voluntarily giving up their First Amendment rights, to stop speaking out, to stop drawing attention to the absolute dumpster fire our social or our southern border is. The Biden regime cannot issue a decree to eliminate the First Amendment rights. He can't write that off through some executive order. But they sure will use their enforcement arm of the FBI to conduct these sham raids and attempt to intimidate those who disagree with the regime into silence. Now, I think the second part here is to show the moderate wing of the Democrat Party, which by all accounts could very well be quite large still. We just don't know at this point. Our politics have gotten to the point where it's zero-sum game all the time. Everybody votes with their party for the most part on most issues, and that's it. We've had a couple of, of, of moderates stepping out in Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. Hopefully that continues. But is the moderate wing of the Democrat Party bigger? It, it could be. It still could be a large part. But this raid on Henry Queller, the, the second purpose I believe here is to show that moderate wing that the lunatic fringe of the Democrat Party is in charge. That is the other other purpose, I believe, uh, of this raid. It's, it's to show that the lunatic fringe is in charge of the party, and that lunatic fringe will make your life a living hell if you do not fall in line with the rest of the hive's mindset. In order for the radical left to cement their power, there can be no dissent, especially from within the ranks of the party. If the, if the radical left is going to cement their power, cement their status in the Democrat party, you can't have dissent within the party. There can be no independent thinking, no personal opinions, and most of all, no consideration for those pesky taxpayers who, oh, by the way, are actually the boss of everyone in Washington, state capital, your local municipality. These people are elected in. They are our employees. That doesn't mean we treat them with disrespect, but that does mean we let them know 
what our expectations are of them. We are their boss. No, but but you can't have that if you're trying a totalitarian takeover. There can be no dissension, no consideration of the people and their uh, priorities and, and what they are worried about. No consideration of that. It's only a strictly power. The left is, just says this. They, they're like, no, we can't have deplorable thinking for themselves. They aren't smart enough for that. They need to be told what to do. We have all the experts. We have uh, all the power. We're going to tell the rest of these underlings what they're what they can and cannot do. And that is the only acceptable thought and opinion when it comes to the Democrat parties is that the rest of America that have, have not been deemed a, worthy of being an elite and worthy of being an expert appointed to a bureaucracy or have managed to get into office, they can't think for themselves. We need to tell them what to do. There is only one acceptable thought or opinion, and that is the one that the mediocres in the media receive from DNC headquarters to disseminate. Henry Queller is seemingly a rarity in the Democrat Party these days in that he is willing to speak out for his constituents and is working to try and protect their interests and the interests of this country in terms of remaining a sovereign nation, even though that goes against the approved narrative. Now, I'm sure that on the Senate side, since you've got Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin that have been speaking out for a while now against the regime's policies and and really putting their foot down on some of the most radical stuff, that's only a matter of time before the FBI pays them a little visit as well. All right, our, our last topic for the day. Now, a few weeks ago, a question was posed in a chat group that I am in as to whether Trump should run for president again. Now, this will probably garner some attention, maybe some hate mail, whatever. But if I look at this objectively, I honestly do not know at this point if that would be his best move. And as we discuss this in our group and what my thoughts were then and still are now is that he will be most effective as an antagonist on the outside of the government where he would be freer, where he could put on maximum pressure on elected officials in the media and whoever else. The brains of the media, media mediocres are still rotting out from Trump derangement syndrome. Legacy media types are still trying to pin the country's current ills on Trump. They are still trying to drive division by separating now the jabbed and unjabbed. Notice how we've kind of moved on from the race and white supremacist narrative to now we're just looking at solely on who's been jabbed and unjabbed. Yes, you still hear the white supremacists and and white nationalists and whatever else. There's still some of that out there, but the focus right now seems to be on who's who's been jabbed and not. And that's what they're using to try and divide and separate the country. Now, fortunately for us, for the country, less and less people are buying even that narrative, as evidenced by the latest polls showing Biden at a 33% approval rating. Now, before you turn me off, 
if you haven't already, I guess, for daring to suggest that we move on from Trump as president and think about, you know, who else would be fit for that office. Just hear me out on this for a second. Over the last year, CNN has lost 90% of its viewership and has not had a show average over 500,000 viewers in weeks, if not months at this point. As already mentioned, a Biden's approval rating is a complete dumpster fire. It's, it's probably burned up and you know the dumpster's gone off the cliff at this point. The people, by and large, are no longer buying the distractions the, res- the regime's redheaded lackey keeps trying to put out there. The Trump as the as scapegoat, that honeymoon is is well over. I think that was over with the Afghanistan debacle. Trump is in a position now to take full advantage of this, and he has he has been in spurts by getting his social media site up and going, as well as maybe just starting his own alternative media company altogether. I I heard CNN's for sale. Is it still for sale? I think so. Why buy CNN? The best time to buy is when it's low, and they are low right now. With this, focusing on the social media aspect, the the buy a, a media company aspect, he could be that outside agitator that distracts the left, the rest of the the media sycophants for the Democrats, from what is going on in the government to an extent that things may actually get done. We're looking at potentially, provided the Republicans don't screw it up because we know they they will in some form or fashion. I until they prove me otherwise, that's my stance. But we're looking at a historic, potentially historic route this year's in this year's elections. Now imagine Trump has his own social media company. He has his own media company. Buy one. CN, like I said, CNN's for still for sale. He could be that continued agitator. He could be that distraction. And to such an extent, because TDS has rotted the media's brain. They, they, can't, they can't think of anything else at this point, it seems. Imagine Trump comes back to the fore, front and center, more than he is right now. What would that do to the media? It would be like, it's almost like, you know, sharks in the water and, and you've got someone in, you know, one of those shark cages in the, in the water observing sharks. And then they're, you know, they're, there's uh, kind of putting the blood in the water and they're in their protective cage. And you got all the sharks banging their heads against this cage, right? That's what it would be like. The TDS is so strong within the radical media, they would not be able to help themselves. And if the presidency should flip in 2024 without Trump, his agitating and distracting from the outside, maybe he could even be inside. Maybe he could be some sort of advisor or something. But he would provide that cover for whomever would be president in 2024. We, would, we could possibly get a lot of stuff right, uh, the ship righted in this country if we had that kind of distraction. Now you have to remember too, that the left never runs 
on what they will actually do once elected. They only run on what they think you want to hear. And then they, they, they do the complete opposite. They always seem to run against something instead of being for it. Trump is beloved. Yes, absolutely. But he also still remains very divisive, even in conservative circles. Another Trump one would make it too easy for the left as they could just dust off the last campaign strategy, find another seemingly moderate puppet, and run another anti-Trump campaign. They just run against Trump. Would it be as effective? I don't think so at this point. The country has been an absolute mess under Biden. I think they've seen that they've been had. Uh, and this has just been a complete disaster. So much of a disaster. Our, our allies barely speak with us right now. They want nothing to do with us. The American people are smart, and it would be hard to dupe them again in this manner. But could it be just effective enough to keep Trump out of the White House? Possibly. Possibly. Especially if election laws get stalled in some of the key states where they need a little reforming, where they need some beefing up. Trump, as an agitator of the media and Democrats, and honestly, the anti-Trump rhinos for that matter, as well as an advisor uh, to the presidency. Like I said, he could become an advisor to the president, whoever that may be, if, if it's not him. That could make for an unprecedented time in getting good policy through the entire process. He could provide that sort of cover where the media ignores what is actually going on in the White House because they have to feed their tedious hunger. If they don't, I guess their brains might just totally melt away, rot away, I don't know. But it, it, for whatever reason, whenever Trump comes to the fore, it's, it's, it's a feeding frenzy for, with the media. Now, secondarily here, I would be concerned at this point about a second Trump run being more about pushing the narrative of redemption for a stolen election rather than uh, focus in on policy that will restore our public to leadership on the world stage. Now, Trump doesn't forget things easily. He's, he holds a grudge. I think that's a, a quite evident now. And I would, I would be... Uh, lying if I said I wasn't a little concerned about that second run becoming about redemption of a stolen election, and that was the message that got pushed out. Now, I think Trump's a marketing genius. I don't think it, it comes to that, but that thought's still there, right? Especially as we've seen over and over the talk about stolen election, stolen election, and, and some of the uh, kind of still pushing that narrative, right? I, we're, we're a year into the Biden presidency. No states have decertified. Let's be real and move on. Fix the election process. Tighten up the rules. Make sure it's easy to vote, hard to cheat, and we move on, period. We've got bigger things to be focused on uh, that are in front of us. My personal opinion and my two cents. States are, uh, we look at it, states are addressing the election issues, some satisfactorily, some less so. But in the end, people on a large scale aren't going to want to hear about redemption of stolen elections. I don't see that as something that plays well. They will want to know what is going to be done to tame inflation. What is going to be done to secure our borders? What will be done to ensure American soldiers aren't going to be sent into countries to, in quotes, protect American interests where there are clearly no American interests to be protected? 
people want to know that we are going to return to the peace and prosperity that we as Americans have been able to enjoy for close to 250 years. That we can get back to life, get back to America being the, a leader on the world stage, get back to the, the middle class, being successful, being able to buy a home, have kids, raise them in a country that is the best in the world. That's what people are going to be worried about. I personally am not going to, and I think there's a lot more out there. It's, a, I think, a silent majority because the stolen election narrative still can be quite loud. I want to hear about what are we doing to, to get back to being America. Now, all of this said, do I think that Trump will run for president again? Yes, I absolutely expect it. As I mentioned previously, it would be wise for, if this were the case, that every other GOP challenger step aside. And I'll say it like this, when Trump announces he is going to seek the presidency in 2024. I think at this point where we are at, it is wise for every other GOP challenger to step aside if Trump enters the ring. Let me rephrase that, when Trump enters the ring. It would be to no one's advantage in the GOP, presidential candidates, senatorial candidates that year, House candidates that year. Filter that down to your local, state, and local elections. It would be to no one's advantage in the GOP to try and go for a presidential primary against Donald Trump. It wouldn't be in the GOP's best interest as a party to have that primary in 2024. I think 2024 will be a rare time in history where we need to put pride aside and recognition be given to the fact that there will be a clear-cut candidate in Donald Trump when he announces officially that he will be running for the 2024 presidency. The focus should shift to winning that election, not on whatever politician's own ambitions to become president. Trump will have four years and then then go for your, you, you want to be president, then, you know, seek those ambitions then. We need to have some sort of unity going into 2024. Focus needs to be on winning. Not a primary where all the candidates will beat up on each other. Not a primary where candidates are going to have to spend a, a bunch of money to try and get to the top. There's There's no benefit in that as I see it coming into 2024, especially on the heels of what should be a, uh, a historic route in the elections later this year. Now, if we're using history as a guide, and this is the other thing we got to look at, and uh, GOP candidates who would consider a run for presidency need to look at, Trump would be far and away the candidate of choice. In 2016, the only other candidate who ran who was in the primary for the GOP presidential nomination, the only one that won more than 500 delegates was Ted Cruz. The other thing here is to, to think about is, is the Democrats are already in disarray in terms of what their ticket will look like in 2024. The regime is already having to blow smoke about Biden running again. 
The Democrats even seem very noncommittal about Harris even remaining part of the ticket should old Joe stand for re-election. Remember, Kamala Harris in her home state of California couldn't even crack the top three or four. And now she's got, a, a as a vice president, approval ratings in the 20s, high 20s. Uh, Democrats see this too. I mean, they're not even committing. Nobody's saying uh, publicly that, oh yeah, Harris should remain part of that ticket. Nobody. They're, they'll stand up for old Joe, but as far as Harris goes, they're like, uh, maybe. Uh, you know, I they're not standing up for, for her being part of that ticket at all. Now, if things have gotten so bad for the Democrats, it's, there's such a they're in such disarray right now that the only thing standing in the Republicans' way is themselves. Will they be smart enough to get out of their own way for a change and press forward as a unified front with a purpose? Will the egos be put aside so that they can take advantage of what should be a once-in-many-lifetimes opportunity? I, I know there's not been this sort of opportunity politically in my, in my lifetime. We might be going back to FDR days on on what kind of opportunity this is. Maybe even further than that. I I say this, you know what? For the good of our constitutional republic, I sure hope so. I sure hope egos get put aside. I sure hope that recognition is given that when Donald Trump announces his run for the presidency, that all other GOP uh, contenders, challengers stand down and say, we need to move forward as one unit with our candidate being Donald Trump. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my past shows, my original articles, as well as other resources to help arm you with the knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. While on my website, shop my store, Living With Liberty Outfitters. Lastly, I'd be so grateful if you shared, subscribed, and left a positive review of the show, should your listening platform allow. Subscribing helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. Follow me on Parlor. My handle is at livingwithliberty. You can also email me. The address is ryan at livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.